welcome back to the Confident Christian Women podcast. We're glad you're here today. Today's special guest is Suzette Katapotis. Suzette is here to encourage and inform other family caregivers, past, present, and future. The truth is, if you haven't been a caregiver yet, you will likely be one or need one someday. And she wants to make sure that caregiving life is just a little bit easier for others. Welcome, Suzette. I am so glad you're here. So we're talking about being a family caregiver and you love helping other people learn what that looks like, how to help be a caregiver. Maybe it's unexpected or, you know, or maybe it's a lifelong thing. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your story of family caregiving? Well, it's a long one. I'll, I'll kind of cut it short because <laughs> it, it spans like it seems like my life. But I mean, specifically and, and most recently uh, in my adult life, I took care of my dad. Um, he had long illnesses of cancer and COPD, and that's what finally took him. And then I took care of my mom through heart attack and other heart issues and a bad fall. And then as a result of all of that, and she got better. She's fine. She's going to be 94 pretty soon. So we're still helping her uh, remain independent in her own apartment, but it takes a a few of us to do that. As a result of all of mom's things, uh, my sister, Michelle, who has Down syndrome and Alzheimer's disease, later had Alzheimer's disease, came to live with us. So we took care of Michelle for about five years. And when she came to us, we had no idea of the connection between Down syndrome and Alzheimer's disease. And it was my husband who noticed it after he had taken care of his mom with dementia, some of the characteristics. So we had her checked out and that was eventually confirmed. We did our research and we're kind of like, oh, that's what this is. And Alzheimer's became, became the issue, you know, over it's an overarching issue with her versus the Down syndrome. Down syndrome, she could communicate, take care of things for herself. But Alzheimer's, as we've all come to learn, I think, takes all of that away from you. So, yeah, yeah. she needed and she needed 100% hands-on care by the end. Yeah, and we wow. lost her in January. I know that is such a hard thing to go through. And I know last summer I helped my mom take care of my dad until he passed and even and stayed with her afterwards. And, you know, she was doing it for a couple of years and it just got really bad. The last six months, he had the dementia, Alzheimer's, well, it was Parkinson's, but I mean, it was just a combination of all that. And it's hard to watch that happen. And it's hard when you're watching someone else take care of someone and you're not sure how to help. So, it's true. Like sure. you've done this because you saw your parents taking care of your sister when you were growing up. So you've seen, you've seen caregiving pretty much most of your life, <laughs> your whole life. Right. Right. And you've learned what to do, what not to do, what to say to caregivers, <laughs> what not to say. And so what are like a couple of tips that would help being at, let's say you're a caregiver and this is your first time. You don't, you've never been in the situation. You didn't expect it. What would you say to them? Do you mean to make that easier to make their life easier to get yes. settled into it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> if yes. You ever can get settled into it. 
Well, first, thank you for having me today. I'm really happy to be here with you. And my mission is, is sort of to, you know, make the caregiver's life just a little bit easier because every situation is different. So none of these answers will serve everyone, but um, there are things we can do to make that caregiving life just a little bit easier, more, more uh, tolerable so that we can maybe see some of the gifts we can receive from it. You know, top one, aside from prayer, of course, that is your most valuable and effective tool is to continue deepening that relationship with God, because that is where your strength is going to come from and your direction, your wisdom, your energy, all of that is, that is the source. He is the source of that. So let me just say that first. If you don't have that relationship, you know, I encourage you to seek it out, find friends. Uh, I think Michelle will give you contact information for me and Michelle herself can, and help you point you in that right, in that direction and answer some questions, basic questions. But aside from prayer, I would say get organized and stay organized because that is going to save you steps and stress and your time, you, uh, which is just gets more and more uh, valuable as you go on in caregiving. Some, especially if you're in a long-term caregiving situation, you're going to be able to see, you know, things like that you're running out of caregiving supplies, like incontinence supplies, feeding supplies. Those things are important. You don't want to run out and have to make an emergency store run or something like that. And then how do you leave when your loved one needs care? So don't do that. Stay organized. And getting organized takes a little bit of work, but staying organized is a lot easier. Put everything in its place where you can find it. And it will save you uh, stress and steps. And that's important because caregiving is a pretty high stress environment <laughs> to live in. And then I would say second, so the first one I would say get and stay organized. And the second is, you know, ask for help and find resources that will help you as caregiving progresses. You have to protect yourself from burnout because you are the caregiver. If you're the main caregiver, unfortunately, women, this falls on women a lot. And even in families with a lot, multiple siblings, sometimes uh, it's usually, it's usually one person that leads the caregiving effort. And it's always easier to seek help before there's a crisis. It's always easier to line up those services and create your, I would say network, I guess your network support system better ahead of time than it is to perform triage in, in an emergency, right? You don't think clearly, you don't have time, and then you're doing all of it. So I'm not saying that you can't count on friends and family, but you can't always count on friends and family. Sometimes they're not local, like as you right. are not local. Sometimes they just don't have the capacity for it. My brother says the stomach for it, you know, and uh, or they're just too busy with family and work themselves and they right. and they can't, you know, get to it. But uh, they're also not mind readers. You have to ask, you have to tell right. them, you know, I need uh, help. Could you, I ordered the groceries. Could you go pick them up for me? I, uh, I have a, a thing with one of the kids schools. Um, my loved one's going to be asleep. Could you come here and just sit here? And I'm 10 minutes away. You can call me something like right. that. They're not going to know you, your child or grandchild has a play that you want to attend, right? You have to ask. So set up those systems ahead of time. We pay taxes, all of us. So there are services and agencies available 
that we can tap into, don't have to feel guilty or bad or that we're not allowed to um, because of income level, perhaps your loved one needs things and you can't always support that. So they can get um, income through social security usually. The area on aging, local area on aging, agency area agency on aging. It's so hard to say that. <laughs> but they do not only take care of aging people, but they take care of caregivers. Um, there's one in every state. So seek that or like kind agencies out. Also community mental health agencies and Department of Human Services. Those agencies can point you in the direction. You'll have to do the work. And sometimes that work can be uh, daunting, you know. So again, don't do it when you're in crisis. When you see yourself going into the early stages of what you think might be a long-term care situation is what we're talking about, then take the time when you have it to seek out those things, get your get your network or your support system together and you'll be better off for it. I, I did not do that. <laughs> That's why I'm encouraging you to do that. Michelle had certain things because she, of course, has Down syndrome from birth, right? Um, but then I had to seek out some other things and do a lot of research and, and all of that when we realized Down syndrome or Alzheimer's was going to be running our life, you know? So I said a lot there, but basically don't be too um, proud to ask for help. Um, you're going to need it. So ask for it and ask right. God first. Don't, be a, don't try to be a superhero. Absolutely. Thinking, oh, I can do it all on my own and feeling it like a failure. If you ask for help, you're not a failure. I think that's something, you know, I saw that and it's like, no, it's okay. You, you don't have, you can't do it all on your own physically or mentally, your body can't do that. And eventually you're going to be sick. And then how, how's your loved one going to get taken care of? Absolutely correct. <laughs> Absolutely correct. I like that. We're not a superhero. <laughs> get and stay organized, ask for help. And then um, last one would be sure to take care of yourself while we're on that. Self-care. I cannot stress the importance of self-care. Doesn't mean you have to have an extensive workout routine, a gym membership. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> Although you are my model right now, <laughs> I want to go where you're going. <laughs> Self-care, though, has to, as you just said, encompass, you know, your, your body and your mind and also your spirit. You have to feed those things. And that includes everything from, you know, spending some regular time in prayer and scripture. Journaling is a good thing not because it's trendy and there's a, there are so many pretty journals out there. You know, you can work out a lot of the hard and sometimes ugly emotions come along right caregiving it's super important this is a form of serving which that's one of the biggest honors we can have but sometimes we it's hard to look at it that way you don't think of yourself as serving your loved one you just think of you're having to do this and like why did this happen i didn't expect this and you know especially in older years you're thinking okay this was not the kind of life i imagined god so definitely you need that time with God and in the word to look at this like, okay, God, you gave me this person to love and serve and I'm going to do it. So help me. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he will do that. He will do that. Um, again, with a, with a spirit of humility, because I can tell you, I said, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, you know, I was trying to keep up my job and I had a young, uh, my son was a young man at that time, but still in 
college. I want to say, was he in college or I think he had just gone into college, you know, and then Michelle came and all of this. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, my goodness. What? <laughs> you know, it was difficult to that. You have to take breaks. You have to take a respite break. Sometimes these agencies I mentioned earlier may have a respite home or a place where you can bring your loved one overnight. If you have someone lucky enough to come to your house, you know, that you're lucky enough to have come to your house. Great. That's not always the case. For us, we had uh, Amanda. Amanda was a caregiver extraordinaire, I will say, that was by divine appointment, came to us at the right time. And right when Michelle's needs were really increasing and I was still working, or was it COVID? I think COVID for a while, I was bringing Michelle to work with me because her day program shut down. So she would come to and from work with me, not a great environment. The chairs aren't really comfortable. You know, there's not a lot, but we were pretty isolated, safe, you know, pretty safe. The company had great protocols, but still that's a lot for her and for me, you know, to come back and forth to work. Anyway, she had just finished her experience is all with Down syndrome and Alzheimer's together. How does that come to you? Really? You know, that's divine appointment. So she came into our lives and loved the same things, music, dancing, art, uh, out in nature, and all the things Michelle loves to do. So together with, she became part of our support network and that was our respite. So while she wasn't here overnight, we didn't go away overnight. We had a couple hours, a couple of times a week that let my husband and I take a bike ride, a walk, go to sit at the park, watch a movie uninterrupted, have dinner uninterrupted, you know, and that was a real gift. So seek respite in, in the length of time you can arrange into your life and don't discount that. Very, very, it's very, very important to do, you know, move, sleep well, super important for your cognitive and immune health, sleep well. And it comes eat in all, well. eat well, that's right. Get your diet right. That's right. And watch your videos <laughs> to learn how to do that better. Watch yourself videos. But uh, all of this is cumulative and over time will will help you. Yeah. So that was, that was a little bit more than maybe you expected, but I can go no. on and on. No, I know. And that's why I wanted you on here because I know and it, there's not a certain, a certain age, it can happen at any time in someone's life, you know, right. um, whether it's some, you have a loved one in the military and they get injured or, you know, a child gets injured or has a sickness, whatever it is, there's just so many different, it could, so it's not just elderly people that need to have this encouragement and have help because they weren't expecting this. So I know you have several free resources that people can reach out and get from you. So can. tell they us can. about the, tell us about those. I have, first I have the caregiver strong newsletter. I just renamed it. It used to be confessions of a caregiver, but that sounded kind of negative over time. When I first started doing it, maybe it was a little negative. Like, I don't want to do this, you know, <laughs> but just telling people what, happens in a caregiver's life, but I changed it to Caregiver Strong as it goes along with the Caregiver Strong podcast. I just launched just a small little episode, but that's a monthly newsletter that they can access on um, my website, which is myconcretedove.com. And um, the Caregiver Strong podcast. Also, you can listen on all your favorite apps. 
And along with that, there's a free download of all the show notes, but it's more than show notes. It's all the resources that I uh, researched and put together to put the podcast together. So some of the things I mentioned earlier in our conversation, but more. Um, the podcast talks about stages of caregiving also and uh, has an interview with my caregiver coach and an area on aging. So you can get a little bit more information about the uh, local area. How is it? <laughs> area agency. I can't think, say the name. AAA is what it is. <laughs> I can't, why can't I think of that? Anyway, I have a, fair, a family caregiver survival guide. So you can get all of that on my website, which is a blog website, but has a lot of other different resources on it. And that again is myconcretedove.com. And then um, also on Instagram at myconcretedove, where you can also link to all of these resources. And there I post, you know, encouraging quotes, little stories about my sister and some tips on yes. ways Your that you can make it. Me. Oh, they good. Helped me so last, last summer when I was at my mom's, I would go on and look and see what, you know, what it was you had for the day to say. And it was so timely and it was like, wow, thank you, God. So, oh, thank you yeah. for saying that. That's it. It's, it's really, I want to make the caregiver's life just a little bit easier. And it sounds trite, you know, but just, it's like the self-care and sleep and getting organized just bit by bit. You can make this a doable thing. You know, you can make this a doable thing and you can find some good in it and grow your faith. You can grow your um, confidence and trust in God in there. I mean, there are good things that come from this caregiving journey. Yep. And it, it's such an amazing example to unbelievers in your life to see you serving and thinking, OK, how how are they doing this? How are they? You know, and then you say, it's by the grace of God. God is the one that helps me, strengthens me and gives me the confidence to do all these things I may not have expected and didn't know how to do. That He's the one so doing true. it. That is I mean, so true. You have God birthed a ministry through you out of this situation in your life. And That's I love true. that. And I, I want to encourage anyone listening that if you've been through something like this or any whatever you've been through, and you know that it was God's strength that got you through it and helped you along the way. Don't be afraid to share this information with others because people need to hear it. That's a fact. That's a fact. Yes. All right. Well, I want to thank you for being a guest and I thank you for all this information. I'm going to put all this in. It'll be in the show notes for this podcast. And if you're not following Suzette, you need to go follow her, My Concrete Dove on Instagram, and be sure and share this podcast so that other people can be helped. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope this week encouraged you, and I hope you'll share it with others so that they can be encouraged too. Let's all keep exposing lies the enemy wants us to believe, and let's stand tall and be those confident Christian women that God has called us to be. God bless you, and until next time, hold your sword, the word of God high, and slay those lies.